to Business Meets Spirituality, where I'm Adam Hergenrother, joined by Hallie Warner, and this is going to be a great discussion today, by the way, <laughs> where we believe in personal growth through business success. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hallie and I were just having a uh, wonderful discussion um, about, actually, no, I'm just going to pause and let you start this conversation, Hallie. Because she's told me that when we get in these podcasts, I get into monologue mode and um, she can't ask yeah. enough questions. So I'm going to let the her. The conversations are very different before we put the headsets on. <laughs> um, Jump in. So we were talking about comfort zones, which is a topic that comes up a lot, I think, in that leadership space and entrepreneurship space with mindset coaches. And we talk about it a lot, too, about getting outside of your comfort zone is a great way to learn about yourself. It's a way to go- fail forward. It's a way to grow. Um, so lately I've been thinking about this whole concept of getting outside of your comfort zone, which I feel is so contradictory to these other topics that we discuss about being in alignment with who you are and, um, showing up as your authentic self. And very often I believe, and in my experience, when I'm getting outside of my comfort zone, sure, I learn, but it also feels really inauthentic. So where and how do you reconcile those two, in my opinion, very contradictory concepts of getting outside of your comfort zone and being in alignment and, and authentic in what you do and what you choose to do every day. Let me ask you a question. How do you think you solve it? I don't know. Well, you've been, been thinking about it a lot. Because I have it's, it's, for it's months. Been on your, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, the last time I thought about it was when um, I was doing another speaking engagement with you in Dallas and we had, it was like a couple hundred people there. And I felt this again. I'm like, I'm nervous. I don't know why I'm doing it. Why am I getting, I'd way rather be behind the scenes and make sure that you were prepped. And every time I, and when I can't prep for you because I'm prepping myself, I'm like, this is not me. This is Mm -hmm. not my job. This is not what I want to be doing. Um, And I was having a conversation with somebody in line. There's like a hundred people in line and I'm talking to them about this very concept. And I don't know. And she, and she said to me, that's a really good, that's a really good question. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'd like Adam to answer that question for me. And then we started talking about it and you still haven't answered the question. (laughs) Um, well first, you know, there is personal growth that you can certainly, will you learn by getting outside your comfort zone and doing something that is inauthentic? Um, I think we just need to define a couple of these words for people. Um, because when you, when you think about, when I think about getting outside your comfort zone, and this is how I started our conversation, I don't see it as me doing something that's inauthentic. I don't see it as me doing something that I don't want to do. Um, now, want is a very interesting word, yeah. which we can define further in this conversation. Um, I see it more as like, hey, I'm, I'm, in some, I'm doing an activity that I've decided willfully with the use and, and using my mind, deciding something, and I'm going to keep pushing forward on that. I'm not going to allow my mind to say, you don't need to do that because it's scary, but I've decided to do it, right? So you decided on something. And once you decide to do something, it's like, if you're going to go out and run three miles and why don't run four the next day, right? That's to me, that's where like, you're already choosing the activity and then you're using the intensity to increase your own personal growth, right? So in that activity, whether that's you write a blog and you do a really good job writing a blog, next thing you know, it may be going to have a comfort zone to do a podcast, but it's still on the same thing. That's still growth when you're going through those avenues versus doing a blog, then all of a sudden starting a tire company, right? Like it's, it, that, that doesn't feel authentic to what you're doing. Um, it might and be outside of your comfort zone. It might be but. outside of your comfort zone, but it's not in alignment with who you are. And I think the people, the reason why people struggle with this the most is because they don't know who they are mm-hmm. and they're very, they're trying to still live a life um, that is created in the mind. And the mind is, I, I know mine is, maybe I'm the only one is very finicky. 
and it changes what it wants all the time Mm -hmm. and what it needs and what it wants to do and who it thinks it is, right? We go to the mind and say, who are we? Who am I? That's literally what you do. Well, you, you asking the question can't answer that. Like your mind is answering it just on some data that it has. It's just as you go to your mind and say, tell me who I am. It'd be like literally going to your car and say, car, who am I? And if the car could talk, you would say, why are you asking me? <laughs> Yet we go to the mind and say, who am I? And then the mind will come up with some answer and you go, yeah, thank you for telling me. <laughs> You're so right. I'm going to go act on that now. That's what I'm going to go act on. And that you're just so far away from reality that you're just living the concept that your mind has told you because it's comforting. And remember, the ego will hijack the mind to keep you in control. The ego doesn't care if it's achievement, doesn't care if it's renouncing life. It just, it keeps it, it doesn't matter whether you're succeeding or not in terms of like material things. People think that like, oh, achievers, they have these big egos going out and goodness. It's the same thing when people say, I'm going to renunciate life and I'm going to, I don't want any money, keep it away. It's the same type of play. Well, what does that have to do with getting outside of like, how do you choose what you're how do you choose what you're going to do to get outside of your comfort zone? I mean, what you just said is just so it's obviously logical to me. If we are in the, you know, coaching and training space, blog, podcast, those are all kind of, of course, you're not going to go start a tire company, um, even though that might be outside of your comfort zone. But how are you choosing? Or maybe you don't, maybe you don't need to push yourself outside of your comfort zone to grow. Maybe there's an alternative growth, growth path. And maybe that's almost the entry point is, you know, getting outside of your comfort zone is a good entry point to growth. But at some point, and that's almost what I was saying, like at some point I've done a lot of speaking engagements. I hate them every single time. Yes. They're uncomfortable every single time. How many more times do I have to do that before it's just like, okay, yeah, don't need to do that anymore. I'm not growing from that. Or even if I am, it's so, it's so minor. Well, you're just causing so much disruption in your life. Yeah. And, and that's, that's being inauthentic. The thing is once you, once you find your natural rhythm, that's in line with harmony to the highest level. You can be in harmony with life based on your involvement that you're, that you're here. You will interact in the most optimal way that you can with life and life will unfold in that way. It's like when you're, when if you're surfing and the waves going left, you're growing while you're surfing versus you trying to go right, trying to grow by surfing is you're going to be fighting with the wave the entire time instead of just riding with the flow of life, growing. Here's the, here's the fundamental, the root of the question. Mm-hmm. It's I'd look at life as my opportunity for personal growth. I don't look at to go to my mind and my mind tell me what I'm going to do to grow personally. I look at whatever event is unfolding in front of me because this whole machine, the trees are budding, the leaves are, are coming alive, the birds are building nests and the worms are doing all these things. And I'm not trying to get metaphysical here. I'm just saying that like all this, the, the sun is standing in the same place it has been for billions of years relatively, right? It doesn't go anywhere and shines every day. It's just the clouds get in the way of sometimes that whole, the whole concept of that life is just this massive machine moving. You know, I've been, I asked several people this question over the last couple of weeks. I said, how do you even, how do you make yourself run faster? Like, how do you make yourself run faster? You move your legs faster. Yeah. Like, but you don't use your mind to do that. But then what are you using? Exactly. That <laughs> lies in the answer. Well, what is the answer? You, you do it. You don't go to your mind and say, mind, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get some blood going. I'm going to get some oxygen going in my legs. I'm going to make you run faster. Okay. Mind move your left toe. (laughs) You just run faster. Mm -hmm. Okay. You who's in there moves your body. That same, 
I'm just trying to bring words to be creative, to get you as far as you can. And then you got to take yourself the rest of the way. But once you get to a place, you realize that your mind is just moving with these things. Your, you who is in there actually is operating with this. And so what happens is you don't, when you, when you start doing, when the mind comes in there and says, I'm going to do something, let me just, let's just bring this back to the beginning. In the beginning, yes, I think it's a great technique if you're learning personal growth, whatever, wherever, wherever you are in terms of your personal growth or involvement in life or, or evolution, it's an honor if you're working on yourself. If you're choosing to work on yourself, you have to honor anybody that's choosing to work on themselves, whatever level that is. Now, the if somebody in the beginning, which I did, right? If you go and the ego says, okay, let's go do an Ironman or let's go, you know, build this business. You're using your mind to now have to go through challenges to build emotional resilience, to build emotional fitness, which then that technique will then allow you to get the furthest into where you need to go later on down the road, which is ultimately what we're talking about this deep level. But you can't just go from not doing anything to trying to jump in and, 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 understand the conversation that we're having. So you need techniques to give you enough and build enough emotional fitness. It's a simple technique as like when you wake up in the morning, does your, your mind tells you that you want to sleep in? You listen to your mind, you listen to your mind that, yeah, you're right mind. Thanks for telling me that I can sleep in a little bit more. <laughs> Instead of, you know, when you went to bed the night before, you're like, what time I'm getting up at four or whatever time is right. But isn't that your mind telling you what time? No. Cause you decided your mind didn't come in there to get up at four. You just, you said, okay, this is how I'm going to set my day. You can use your mind to then say, what time is it going to do? That's you using your tool that's in there. So you set the intention the day before, but then when it actually happens, your mind clears that. It just, it just comes in there and says, no, you can sleep in a little bit more. You're tired. You didn't really get enough sleep. You can do those things. That's what happens. And that's why it feels that way because you start then listening to your mind and saying, thank you for explaining. And thank you for giving me permission. It doesn't know anything. It's just thoughts. They're like, you blow them away. When you said a few minutes ago about how you use the world around you and you went and talked about all nature and stuff, <laughs> um, the world around you to, to grow personally, I'm with you on that, except you also consciously chose business. So you didn't, you're, not, you're not a landscaper. You're mm-hmm. not a teacher. So, I mean, right now you've got kids at home. Yeah. who you are teaching. Um, but that didn't pull you to all Clearly of a sudden I'm not a teacher. Yeah, change courses and all of a sudden decide you wanted to go down the education field and like start teaching kids. Um, so how did you consciously choose business if you were also saying that you just are per- growing personally by whatever's happening around you? Yeah, I mean, well, there's two things. One, I wasn't nearly as involved evolved as I am now. That's one thing. But also I'd ask the question, did I find business or did business find me? the life present the opportunities for me to be able to get into business. There's a lot of things that had to happen in my life that had to unfold for me to get where I am today. In fact, all of the billions of years that have happened since the big bang has kind of led up into this present moment. So even in just my lifetime, a lot of things have had to happen to actually put us in this moment. So I don't know if it's actually me choosing to go out there and do that, or if the right people show up in the right times in the right places of your life to guide you along this. And that's what I mean just by life. And it guides you to exactly where you are. So that you go through your process. But so I just okay. didn't really fight that going through all of that. 
whether that's getting fired, right? I didn't fight. I mean, it wasn't great. I didn't, I didn't love it, but that put me on a different path. Mm -hmm. Then getting that job got putting me on a different path. And that put me in the place of meeting Sarah, which then put me in place of getting in real estate and then getting in real estate got me to build a business. <laughs> so I'm not sure I actually chose all of those paths. I, I would just say that I was actually ignorant to all of that. And just when it started on flowing, I just followed through with a lot of those things that made the most sense based on where I was at at the time. And I still, feel, I mean, that those are still decisions and choices that you had to make. You have to, of course, way. you're going to make thousands of decisions and choices. hundred yeah, percent. And so how do you know? This is actually, you, you already know the answer. You know what decisions to make and what not to make. If you're true with yourself, you know, the decision already. I, I want more information on that because that's a, such an easy way to say, to well, say you it. want you, what you want is you want your mind to be more comfortable with your decision. And you want your mind to be able to rationalize why you want to be authentic to yourself. So then you can back it up when you're talking to your mind. That's exactly what you're looking for with that information. Well, I want like, what are the, what are the, I mean, as somebody new to this, right? I want to know what are those little things you want to look for? What are those signposts that you're looking for to know that you're listening to you, not into, not to the mind? How many thoughts come in somebody's head every day, right? That are unwillful. Like, cause you said, well, it's just a thought that you, we had this conversation earlier. You said, well, it's just a thought that came in. And I said, our response was, well, how many other thoughts came in today that you didn't act on? Why'd you act on this one? Yeah. I don't know the answer. Well, I, I want to know what the answer is. Well, well because, because I mean, your mind got excited about it and it said, oh, there's something about this that if I do it, it will give me this joy. Maybe. Or. What did I act on it because it was in total alignment and in flow with who I am? Well, that's a different question. How do you know what the difference is? Because it'll feel completely different. Okay. It'll, well, you asked the question about authentic, authentic, authenticity in the beginning. Yeah. When you're truly authentic and you're flowing with yourself, it feels not your mind telling you this is the right thing to do. It, the flow is just there when everybody at some point, whether it's sports, whether it's in a, your speaking engagement, whether it's you know, in a, you know, romantic moment, whether it's with like a long conversation with your friend or sister, you get into this flow. And in those flows that people talk about, you're not going to your mind to ask you whether or not this feels good. It's just flowing. It's like, I love to use life and death situations, even as close as you can to those things, because in life and death situations, your mind actually stops in your body. The flow of life takes over. It literally takes over. So understand you can actually live your life like that every second. And then if you got rid of the 90 to 95% of those unwillful thoughts that show up every day, remember the only reason why those thoughts are showing up there in the first place is because you're not okay. Because the narration goes on. The narration is only going on because you can't handle what's happening. And when somebody can't handle what's happening, it goes to the mind and says, Ooh, I don't like the way this feels. Your mind goes, yeah, it's not right. And so it just tries to calm you down and make you feel better. And then by the time it's calmed down, you're 10 layers of mind. So if you're in your flow, you will have no thoughts. The thoughts will come from a completely different place, don't they? But they're still unwillful. No, they're willful. Because you're, so? you're in your flow and you're thinking, okay, well, first of all, yes, to a certain extent, you don't have any thoughts. When, a, when an athlete gets in there, he's just naturally moving. He's not thinking about, just like I use the analogy about running faster. Mm -hmm. You don't think about, seriously, right? Like you don't have to be a runner to understand this. Well, I mean, it's like, it's like brushing your teeth. You don't. Well, even, even, yes, to a certain extent, you don't think, think about, about it, right? That. But what about just moving your arm? Yeah. You move your arm right now. Like who moves your arm? You don't think about moving your arm. You just move your arm. Mm -hmm. 
that's, that's the power of it. Like that's you, you're the most powerful because you're, you are life. And so when you understand that and you can even just start to be aware of that, then you don't need your mind to be okay with things. So if we're in that state where we're just moving our arms and not knowing that we're doing it right, like that kind of head space, then if an idea happens or a decision needs to be made, where do those ideas come from? Yeah, well, there's two questions from there. If a decision needs to be made, you always go back to what we always teach is, are you doing it from a place of clarity? Are you doing yes. it from a centered place? Yeah. Because if you're not doing, if you're, by the way, I mean, this is, this has happened to even me in the last couple of weeks where I've made decisions, um, from a angered, angered place. Right. I mean, I, I was sharing actually, I think with you guys last week, like a dog was chasing my kids Yes. <laughs> and I was, it was one of those wonderful eventful days. And there's this like a boxer chasing my kids, like for like a second day in a row. And I instantly became the emotion. Now it triggered me, right? It instantly became the emotion. And the, the weird thing was, is I knew I was becoming the emotion and I couldn't stop it. Like I, like I knew I, I was like in this phase where I could see myself becoming the emotion. I knew how wrong it was yet. I couldn't stop it. So in that, that it's kind of like people do that with they with eating. It's like, right. Like, you know, you shouldn't be eating what you're eating, but you can't stop yourself because the emotion becomes overwhelming that you can't stop that at that moment. In the example of the boxer, what is the alternative? Well, let me just say, so anyways, so then I go back there and there's a 16 year old, 15 year old kid that's doesn't has, has, shouldn't even be in this place anyways. And I'm yelling at the kid, right? <laughs> like, how dare you get your thing in there? And now the, then the kid goes back and, and I go, and then of course we, we go in there and the father comes out and I go over there and I have a conversation with the father a conversation, a conversation with the father and he agrees. And, and I could feel myself. And then I, you know, of course, later on, his mom was like, you scared my kid. Right. <laughs> and so that didn't work out well for me. I could have easily, it didn't change the situation. I could have said, Hey, I could have just approached it differently. If I wasn't operating from a place of anger in that moment, the way I was still would have done everything. That's what just I'm wondering. What part like, of me would yeah. have been different. Because I was now, so you wouldn't you, have yet. You wouldn't have done everything the same. You probably wouldn't have yelled. I still would have had the conversations, right? I still everything I would have done the same. I just wouldn't have been the part of me that was doing it would have been would have been completely different. So I wouldn't have yelled. I would have said, "Hey, you know, I appreciate your apology. What are you doing in the future? How are we going to handle this? This is the second time it's happening. You're just operating from a place of clarity versus what are you doing? <laughs> My kid is crying and he's three. You know, he's three, and you're, you have a boxer chasing him." <laughs> what are you doing? Right? Like, that's not a place of doing like you still go and act to deal with life. You're just, you're just not doing it from there. And I recognize that as soon as, and I actually apologized. The kid actually went up and just basically said, let me look, you have no reason I, I was, I allowed myself to get the better of me. And I apologize and kind of smooth that whole thing over. And that, and then it, it just created more anger in the world. But when that happened, I'm just wondering like what was going on inside your brain like well the anger was the anger i wasn't did you acting have a thought did was your mind was your mind taking over was it no the only thing that felt good was from flow the only thing that felt good was for me to yell yeah and that's what happens the only thing when somebody when somebody hits somebody domestic abuse or somebody yells at somebody or somebody withholds love from somebody or somebody just is negative to somebody it feels good to do that that's why people do it what yell any of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're just a they're release of energy. Yeah. Just, yeah. It feels good in that moment, but it's fake. It's not real because then the minute you can come off the emotion, <laughs> you then go, that was a mistake. Anybody does that. Even people that hit, they, even though they come back, uh, you know, domestic abuse is terrible, right? 
But then at some point in time, what do they always come back? I'm so sorry. I can't believe I allowed myself to do that. So they get a place of centeredness to the highest centeredness that that person can be, right? As centered as they can. They're now apologizing and everyone, okay, it won't happen again (laughs) until it does because they can't control it. So you just become this emotion. And while you're doing it, an interesting thing for me was I really could see, I could experience it. I remember sitting there going like, this is such a powerful energy that I, like me, like I can't even pause this. Like it's just coming out. Like it's overtaking me. Is that energy coming from you or is the no, energy it's coming from, from the a, mind? What it is, it's, <laughs> it's a great question. It's a deep question, by the way. So I'm going to give you a deep answer. It's the, it's the chi or shock chi that's inside you. It's your energy source. It's trying to come up, but now it's manifested itself into anger because that's what it's hitting. Mm-hmm. And so now when you, when you start doing that, if it, you open up, but what opens up is anger. So then it just comes up like a tea kettle, just wanting to burst. But it could have been a different emotion for a different person. Like it could have been, could be anything. fear or, or retreating or, or any of that stuff. And we're talking negative, or it can be your natural state of love, joy, and excitement, enthusiasm that comes up that strong, that overtakes you to the point when anger overtakes you, that same thing, when you get at the core of all this and you can work on yourself to a point, that same level of energy that overtakes you, that's negatively overtakes you with joy, love, and excitement, enthusiasm. And it's just rushing up so much that doesn't matter what happens anywhere else. You can't control it because it feels so good. Then it doesn't matter. That's when the world doesn't matter. And you get to these states and even if you experience them for periods of time, you start to realize like, wow, that is the state that is natural for human beings to experience doesn't mean you won't experience anger or jealousy or frustration. You experience them. But you know, I explained to somebody, it's like if you're looking outside your window and a bird enters your screen in your view, mm-hmm. you see the bird, the bird's flying, and then it leaves. That's exactly how thoughts should go. The thought comes in, you see the thought, and then it's gone. And this always brings me back to You don't to my- jump on the bird. Right. But, but, but sometimes do. you do though. Well, that's why. Like, but yeah, but when do you, when do you, okay. So all of these thoughts or ideas or everything that's ever going on in my brain and your brain, you never act on anything. You never take it and want to implement it. You never say, I'm going to put that little idea away because that's a great one for two months from now. Like you just see him go and you never do anything. I'm that's talking what, about the personal mind, the, the mind that causes all of the frustration and disruption in your life. The ones that you're talking about are you using the mind to analyze the thought, analyze the strategic nature, to put a presentation together, to figure out a podcast, completely different part of you that's using your mind. But sometimes those thoughts aren't, I'm not, sometimes they come randomly. And so which ones do you, do you decide to, are the right one, or which ones do you decide are the right ideas or the right thoughts? to do something about. There's two ways you can answer that question. Number one is once you get to us, once you start to experience this, which again, words can be creative enough to only take somebody so far Like you can describe water and what it's going to do for you. But if you're thirsty and you can describe it for days until the person dies, they have to drink it to under, to actually quench themselves. So words only get you so far for, and, and what we're talking about here. Now, the second part is, is as a technique, if you want, even the Dalai Lama talks about this is what's called the sacred pause. So the moment you see something come in there and you look at it and you see, because when you illuminate the thought, you just like you illuminate your legs to run or move your arms or blink your eyes or any of that stuff. When you illuminate, because you're the power of life, when you illuminate a thought, you're now giving the thought the power of life. Now it's more powerful than anything because now only, it's only powerful because you've given it electricity. 
So when you first see something and you put your eyes on it, what you can do is you pause, you back off of that first. So the first thing is like, you don't jump on the bird. You see the bird and you go, okay, there it is. Then you get clear and saying, where's this, where's this thought coming from? Right. Is this something that you're now using your mind to figure out of saying, okay, is this coming from an egoic place? Is this coming from, is this really in line with who I am? Is this fit my description? It's like, if you set a business plan in business and you're saying, I got to make 15 phone calls today and make this very simple. And you have a very clear action plan of what you have to do for the week. Something else comes in. Do you jump on that? <laughs> right. You've already set your clear intention. If it's working and it's working, you're doing these things. You just get distracted from everything else. Then how did you, yes, agreed with you. And how did you decide how to do, set the 15 calls in the first place? This goes back to the answer that I gave you before is once you understand this, there's a, there's a place that these come from that just moves you. That is just there with you. That's sitting with you. The thoughts, the, it's not even a thought really. It's more of a feeling that moves you in there. Just like when I talk about when you're in the flow, you're not using your mind to interact with life. Then when you just decided that you need to make 15 calls per week. Well, you can set a business plan. Once you've decided, you said, okay, here's the reality. I'm in a situation right now. You can use your mind to now set 15 business plans. But then what your mind's going to do is once you get to 10, it's going to talk you out of it. And then that's when you go, oh, you know, I've already done 10. I can probably leave now and get distracted. You, when you were centered, made and said, I want, I need to make 15 phone calls. Whatever the decision that you're making, you're now making, you use your will to make the decision. Then while you're acting that out, you then allow the mind to talk you out of a lot of things. So let's use the podcast as an example. Like I can't remember who thought of the idea of having a podcast or whatever, but if you're just, you know, you're driving around, we we're working on all these other projects and we have, you know, business goals and everything. And a little idea floated through your brain that said, huh, I wonder if we should start a podcast. How did you decide to jump on that one or just let it go floating on by? Well, part of it was, it wasn't one thought. It was years of thinking about a podcast of some sort, whether that was video or something along those lines. And then, um, it's actually a great example, right? So years, even if you go back to 2011 and 12, I was doing video before even podcasts were, at least for me, were something that was on the radar, right? Mm-hmm. We should have jumped on it back then, but, <laughs> um, but we were doing video. So we're always getting information out there for what we wanted to do, right? Even with our book, you know, we went around, we talked about what books we wanted to write for a long time before we landed on the one that made the most sense at the time, mm-hmm. right? So the podcast example, you come in there and you do this. Then when we came into it, Caitlin, right, came in, started doing these things and created a whole new brand. And then as that kind of started to unfold, it made the most logical sense in the business to start doing a podcast now. It wasn't like we need to do this because of X. It was like, this is the next logical step in the process of doing this. And it was, wasn't met with resistance. It, was, it was just started to flow in that direction. It wasn't outside of your comfort zone. And it wasn't really outside of my comfort zone at all. It was, in fact, it was just the next logical step in business. It doesn't mean you don't make decisions. What shirt am I going to? People are like, what? Why just don't decide what shirt? Just pick your shirt. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're not okay because you're listening to your mind the majority of the time, 90% of the time. Now use your mind. Your mind is the most powerful tool when you need to use it. You have to use it in business. You have to make a thousand decisions a day. 
But if you're, if you're making decisions from a place of trying to get personal growth to get outside your comfort zone, so you can satisfy somebody else or put it on Instagram or social media or to make somebody else feel good or try to fit into another group, that's inauthentic. So when you define the word authenticity, it's really actually coming back to really the core of what drives you outside of not listening to your mind. Um, we were talking about because this. here's the interesting thing. Sorry, yeah. I know you just don't like it when I cut you off, but this is the interesting. Thing. If you actually, I found this fascinating. I was listening to Audie Shanta the other day, and he was talking about kids and about how even if you watch this, like every kid comes out, out right. They come into this world with natural desires. Desires is not even the right word. I don't like using that because desires is, can cause suffering. They just they have tendencies mm-hmm. for things they they want to do mm-hmm. very early on. It's almost like there's a karmic activity that follows you, right? And so when you get in line with that, you're now, I believe firmly that every single human soul comes here to evolve, period. That's why you're here. It's actually the back, it's in the back of my head. That's the mantra that always is going. I'm here to evolve my soul. I'm here to evolve my soul. I'm here to evolve my soul. And so that way I don't take events as negative or bad or constructive or whatever it is. They're just events to here to evolve my soul. Because that's truly what you're taking in. I just think that's the case, right? So when you do that, like you're coming in based on where you're at with a set. I mean, if anybody's ever a child, they know that every child is completely different. So it's not like the environment necessarily, the environment messes with your mind, but the, the kid has an authenticity to them, which is why people like them because they're real and everyone has a different authenticity to them. It's getting back in touch with that. The problem is, is most people can't get back in touch with that because they're so in their mind that they don't even know what real is. And so you have to do the real work to get rid of that stuff out of your mind. Then you can, just like you can see a piece of paper with writing on it, you can see the actions you need to take inside your head. It's not clouded. It's so clear. It's like a, you can use your mind as a laser and just point it right there. Like you're, you're taking a magnifying glass from the power of the sun to burn through something. That's what happens when you can get to that, when you start really getting to that place to use your mind in that direction. It just becomes clarity. Clarity is such power in the direction that you need to go because then you see what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing the mind. You see how everything's unfolding, everything. And then it just becomes very easy to go, that's where life's going. And seriously, like it just, it, it is, but people are so far from that to understand that, that they can't, it's hard for them to comprehend. But once you wake up to the, I don't mean the clarity of just you. I mean, the clarity of everything that's happening in the world and the life and galaxies. Life is just this massive machine moving. And I'd rather be on the moving side of that than fighting against it. And that's when people now just use the word authentic or inauthentic to fight against the movement of how life is pushing forward. Like stop the sun from setting today. (laughs) Stop it from raining right? Stop the trees from budding. You can't. And you can't stop life that's unfolding for you. You can only resist it. Then the resisting is what causes all the suffering. And then you go to your mind and you say, mind, solve this for me. And he goes, I got you. And then all it does is take all the data that you've had in your mind, just like a computer can only take the data that's inside it. And then it creates a formula and why it's better and why it's not this. And now you're hundred levels deep in mind. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask too was about a little bit more on the business side of things. Like when, when business leaders are starting companies and, or getting into their first company entrepreneurs, they, 
have to do a lot of things that are yeah. uncomfortable and that they don't want to do. Yes. Um, but is it how long do they have to do it in order to achieve a certain result? And then at some point they can say, okay, I'm done and I don't need to do this anymore because I've, I've arrived. I, don't, I know we don't want to use that word, but that I've, I've gotten to a certain, my business to a certain point where I don't need to do the things that make me uncomfortable anymore or aren't in alignment with who I am. And I can hire that out or I can just stop doing those because I've gotten to a certain point. Like where is, where's is that point in starting a business? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. When you decide from a centered position, the highest center position you can to start a business, you better be okay with deciding that you're going to do a lot. If that's not okay, then don't start a business. Doing a lot that you don't want to do. Absolutely. But the only reason why you don't, let me just tell you, the only reason why you don't want to do it is because your mind tells you you don't want to do it. What if your mind said, I want to do it? Well, or, or it's the only reason why somebody doesn't want to do something, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it doesn't mean that I want to go do things too. I'm so I understand that there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a practical example here. I'm just telling you for, from just a, another stance is that the only reason why somebody doesn't want to do something is because the mind tells you they don't want to do it. But that, but, or it's not in their flow. So why would they do it? Then they just shouldn't get into business. They shouldn't be in that in the first place. Well, I feel like that, I mean, business is just a, one example. You could say that about teaching. You could say that being then a Then they shouldn't go parent, in there. Then they should go do something that they want to do. So there's no moments in business that you... No, I'm not saying Don't that at enjoy. all. I'm not saying that. Though I'm, my whole point, you, you, can, you can argue around and around. I'm just going to go back to the same point, which is the only reason why somebody doesn't want to do something is because the mind is telling them they don't want to do it. So give me an example of something that you don't want to do. Is that your mind telling you that you Absolutely. don't want to do it? Absolutely. Then you need to decide getting up in the morning. Your mind tells you you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You still got to get up. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, you listen to that mind, you hit snooze over and over again mind talks to you. The only reason I don't want to get up. The only reason why you don't want to get up is because your mind's telling you the night before you just told me how you wanted to get up before the mind told you is going to be so excited to get up before, but yet the next morning it's getting up. Now it's telling you that you don't want to get up before. Right. But some people don't have that, that voice telling them that they don't want to get up. Very, very few people don't. So you're saying in business, very few people actually are in their flow. What I'm saying is when you decide that you want to go into something, you can't then decide what it is that you want to do necessarily in it in that moment. Yes. As you evolve, let's just, if you t- so I'm going to go back to the same answer. Forget about whatever the question is. What, the only reason why anybody doesn't want to do something is because their mind tells them to do. I'm less concerned about the, the doing something that you don't well, want to do part and more about the getting, like getting outside of your comfort zone. Like there's a lot of entrepreneurs who don't like video, right? They want to build a business. They want to um, build an income producing website maybe to help build that brand, they're going to have to get on video very outside of their comfort zone. They don't want to do it. How long do they push outside of really their alignment? They'd rather be behind the scenes doing SEO. Then then that's fine. Then what you got to understand is that, okay, I've decided to do this. I don't want to do that. Then I need to go partner with somebody that does. Or I'm going to choose to struggle for X number of years to, or, or months to get where I want to go. Like, consciously choose yes you're con- you're choose exactly the hard yes. in order to get the end result and then i'm just not going to allow my mind to tell me that i don't like this because i've now decided for the next year this is yeah, what i'm, I'm going to do concerned with the preference piece in that point but just the the how long does somebody do that co- un- thing that's uncomfortable until okay i know this is not for me but i did it long enough now i can do something different yeah particularly in business because you're yeah. having to wear a lot of different hats yeah so yeah, that's why I started, when you go into business, you better be okay with having to do a lot of different things. If you're not okay with that, then don't go into business. 
go do what you want. Go be a music teacher. Go be a music teacher. If you want to go live in a cave, go live in a cave. If you want to go be a PE teacher, go do that. If you want to go be an, you know, an employee in a computer programming thing, go do that. If you want to go back to school, go do that. But I think there's, I think there's uncomfortable, there's getting outside of your comfort zone and there's choosing your struggle in any of those things. It's not just business. It's teachers, whatever. There's all pieces of it that yes. are always going to be when, outside of someone's comfort zone. When you zone. decide that you want to do something, when you decide you want to do something, there's going to be massive discomfort for it. When you decide you want to go on a spiritual journey, there's massive discomfort. When you decide you want to learn how to play the piano, there's massive discomfort. When you decide you want to go build a business, there's massive discomfort. But you go back to the core decision that you've made. When you decide you want to get up at four in the morning, there's massive discomfort around that. I feel like I just had an aha. Good. Share it. <laughs> My aha is because I keep thinking about back to these speaking engagements that I do, which is so outside of my comfort zone and but in order to grow or in order to be a great chief of staff do I need to do this and I think what the I just had this aha is to your point that stuff does not achieve my objective exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that is literally what I actually think I did talk, talk to Caitlin about this a little bit but for some reason it just all came together that those things have have nothing to do with you have no meaning to me they're just doing them. There's no point in them for me. Yes, I'm getting uncomfortable, but there's no end result. Yeah. Um, okay, thank you. Took us, <laughs> took us a while to get there. but. <laughs> well, no, that's, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's what I'm saying is the words can only take you so far. Then you have yeah. to be willing to go through the experience, which is that's, that's what that moment was right there. When anybody has an aha moment, it's just you going through it, being, right. uh, then all of a sudden you get it and then you get it. Then you understand the words. Yeah. And then you do this with life. <laughs> that becomes... Right, because I have no problem getting uncomfortable if no, it's in alignment with what I want long term. Yes. But it's that constant getting uncomfortable for like why? For no reason. Yeah. Just it's, to just to try something new every day. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. And, and there may be people that go, I want to try something new every day, but that's their flow. And like that that's fulfills that fulfills them. For yes. Them. That's why when they hear that, they go and people speak about that because that's to them, that's how it is. Right. But the core that goes back to the decision that you've made at the core is to go, I'm going to go be uncomfortable every day mm-hmm. and I'm going to go do something. And that to me means I'm going to go do something new every day. Right. Versus being uncomfortable to me. I go back to the example of I'm not going to change from running, but instead of running six miles and run seven, that's being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's still in the same line that you're dealing with. Right. And now that I th- go uh, think about it, all of those things were just feeding the ego very briefly because of me almost immediately I was like, why did I say yes to that? That's why I said, you already know the answer. But I said yes in the moment. Yes. And then 30 seconds later I was like, shit, wish I hadn't said yes to that. Which is that sacred pause. Yeah. And if I had just paused and you just pause and you go to the root of why am I saying yes to this bird that's flying through me? That's yeah. an emotion or a thought. And you had a great example of that too, from um, some coaching clients. I think you were talking to about training. Yeah. We were just, I was just talking to some of our CEOs, a partner of ours. And you know, obviously with this time, you know, swim gyms are closed and people are kind of drifted off in their, their training. And as most people know, I got into triathlete training for a long period of time. And I even qualified for world championship within a year of never really. So the first year that I, I made a decision that I wanted, I was bored with what I was doing. And I love, so understand the core decision is I love moving my body. I always consider like my body, like a, like a blue collar body. I love the feeling of moving it. I love just like biking. I love walking, I love running. I love being, any thing that I'm doing that's moving my body that's the core decision. So that's kind of where I'm making that decision from. 
So then I got, I was like, well, what else can I do with my body? Right. And so then I was like, I'll do a triathlete. I'll do an Ironman. And I made that decision. I thought about it for a while. Like it just, I just didn't really, it wasn't like a quick, and I said, in the beginning, it was more of like, I want the growth that comes from this. So I accepted that there's going to be a lot of discomfort Mm -hmm. in the training, in the swimming and all of these things. But I really wanted to go through that experience. Mm -hmm. I wanted to. Now that was for about the first year. After that though, the ego took hold. And basically said, wow, you qualified for the world championship. Now everyone's giving you praise. This is pretty cool. People want you to talk about this. What'd you do? And so then you started buying, yeah, you started buying clothing that supported it. The next thing I know, I'm signed up for 17 races in a year. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I was doing like nine races and I'm doing all this stuff. And then I woke up, I don't know, last year and I said, really, am I doing this because I enjoy it? Or am I doing this because the ego is telling me to do this. And that was the answer was the ego was. And so I actually canceled all my races <laughs> and, um, and it was just affecting a lot of other things in my life. And I realized that, but I was so blinded because the ego got in such a hold of that, that I just said, no, 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 I like using my body. And I still, by the way, I'm still exercising seven days a week. But then so, it crept back up recently when you were talking yes. to somebody. So when I was talking to them about getting back in their races, they said, you know how I'm going to get back to Placid. And I started, I was just having, yeah, Placid is a great race. It was good. I could see it unfolding how the ego wanted to go, oh, this is my chance to get in. <laughs> this is my chance to grab Adam, right? And so they started going, oh, you should sign up for Placid. That'd be really good. Like you, and I could hear my mind going through this. And I just said, and I gave that sacred pause and I said, what's the real reason why I want to do this? And it was so clear. That's what I mean. Like when you not have all these thoughts in there, it just, they become clear as day. And it was just like, oh, that's just the ego. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. And then I just let it go. Never yeah, came back really, in. Yeah. It was just there. But it could have been, the answer could have been a yes. If it was a yes, yes, it wouldn't have been from ego. It would have been different. Right, right. It could have been, oh, yes, you know what? I wanted to get back in. But I've just really been, I've just really enjoyed just going out and using my body without the pressure of trying to be a professional athlete or professional athlete, trying to be a certain person for somebody else. Mm. And that's what a lot of us are doing. We go to our minds to say, mind, who am I? (laughs) It's it's by itself, even think about it. Like you can, everyone ask a question. You go, mind, who am I? Just ask it in your mind right now. Ask who you are. It's so, you are asking the mind to tell you who you are. It's like going to your car and saying, car, who am I? I'm, there's no, I'm, like, I'm not even like being kidding. When you see this, people go to the mind and say, who am I? And the mind goes, I'll tell you who you are. You're a chief of staff and this is what you have to do. And you have to do all this. Or you're, you're an athlete. You're a mom. You've got to be caring. You got to do different things. I'm not saying you don't interact with the world. I'm not saying that. But you don't go to the mind to make you feel okay and tell you who you are because then all you're doing is trying to uphold the mind and then you're missing life. That's the root of this. And so when people talk about authenticity, like there's a yearning for that authenticity. Mm. It's waking up to realizing I'm not going to listen to the mind telling me what I should be doing because the mind doesn't know. It doesn't know anything. I'm serious. Yes, it knows your name and knows calendars and it knows how to spell. I'm not talking about that. And then, so then you're just listening to, you're not listening to anything. You're, you're just, life will, I promise you when you get to this point, life will just start unfolding and you go, that's clear as day. That's clear as day. That's clear as day. You're walking by and you see a piece of trash there. And all of a sudden you're just like, pick it up. You pick it up. It's just, you're flowing with life. I'm not saying you're going to go out and pick up every single piece of trash, but it's just, they're just, there happens to be that absolute flow I just use the word flow because people are familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Really, all you're doing is just natural harmony of life. You're just, you're just, you're, you're playing with the highest optimal probability of interacting with where this engine that we call life is moving. And as you move with it, everything becomes easier. Now, it may not be what you thought it was. 
because that's why you go to your mind. It may be completely different than what you thought it was. So people don't understand. Because then when you're going with full of life and all of a sudden life's what taking you, you this way. What do you mean? Can you give me an Well, example? maybe somebody's, you know, teaching and they're a teacher and they're going down this path and all of a sudden they're like, I'm getting the flow of life. They're getting the flow of life and they go, teaching's really not for me, but oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm in this teaching and what can I do? Like these kids are amazing. I just want to do this stuff. But, but really, I'm just, I'm, I'm really much more interested in this over here. And I'm just over here and like life is pushing and you kind of see it like, and you're just, you're now fighting with reality instead of just going, hmm, that is not me. That's only my mind telling me that I'm a teacher. Now I'm going to go over here or people in business, people get in the business. I need to get fame or success and all these different things. And once they get into it, they go, this actually really isn't me. If I'm really honest with myself, I don't want to be in business. Right. Or I, this simple example always comes to mind with so many people that we talk to, which is they want to build a huge business. And the reality is they really just like being a solopreneur. Yes. Um, which I see a lot more than anything else. And there's nothing wrong with that, but. There's nothing wrong with There's no wrong or right with anything. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it's just, it's, do you want to fight with reality or do you want to have joy and excitement and energy and things that you're doing? That just becomes, that's what the yearning for authenticity comes from is from that. But people already know they hit people. If you're willing to look at the truth, the truth will be painful. It's even like when people talk about the word enlightenment, which is just a word people should really use. When you talk about that, People really don't want that. They want their dream of what they think enlightenment is because actually going through enlightenment means you're willing to die before you die. And that is something very, very, very few people will ever want to ever go through willfully. So what they'll do is they want to bring it to as far as they can, as long as it matches their dream of what enlightenment looks like to them. But if you actually go into the deep teaching of this, enlightenment is extremely painful. It's actually the more painful than building a business than a marriage than anything that you'll ever do and experience because you're dying before you die. So then why do people, why do people want that? It goes back to the core question because I think that you come to earth to evolve your soul in order to evolve your soul. You have to go through that path. And as more and more times that you come here, it's getting deep, but as more and more times you come here, the clearer that becomes. And then you just kind of have this deep yearning that you just, that it pushes you to go down that path and you'll find it. You don't even need techniques. I promise you. If the tech, if you have absolute clarity in your life, you will find it. How a drug addict finds money to get drugs every time. I don't know how they do it, right? Anybody can find anything that they want more than anything. They will. Once you have absolute clarity on life, then there's just no stopping. You will find your way. But how do you get that absolute clarity? Everything we're talking about. It's going to that mind. It's just... It's not waking up, you know, going to your breath. All of these are just techniques to just, you know, of getting you to not listen to the mind. The, once the mind starts going away, then clarity shows up. So the three, two, one relaxes technique. You can go to meditation. You can do journaling. You can just have positive affirmations. All of these things are techniques to get you to where ultimately just not you being addicted to the mind. And eventually you don't need those. Because eventually they just go away and you just don't need that anymore. You just don't need it. And it gives you... The, the space and the clarity that you've been looking for or that full yearning of authenticity, which also is the form of liberation. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. I want to let you know about a tool that I love using. It's a tool that I've been using in my life for eight years or so, which is called your daily future self. Um, essentially how it works is there's six different categories of your life 
social, physical, professional, spiritual, family, and financial, that if you don't take and set a direction for, um, they just kind of just leak into your life and you end up just taking in other people's answers or don't really take direction of your own life. So we've created this really cool tool called Your Daily Future Self to help create your own roadmap towards achieving your goals, really just taking a direction for your life instead of just drifting down the river. So here's what you want to do. Head over to our website, adamhergenrother.com forward slash future and put in the goals that you have for yourself. The really neat thing is this can be uh, very lengthy, can be very short. There's no wrong way to start this process. The cool thing is we're going to email you your goals every single day. So no matter what your morning routine is, we're going to be emailing it to you. So it shows up in your inbox, forcing you to have to look at this. Um, And it's, I used to carry mine around forever. I still actually have the piece of paper and I'd forget it sometimes and skip a day. And this way, um, this has been such a great tool that it's being emailed directly to you. So you can't miss it. (laughs) Uh, It's there and it just keeps you on point and in the direction that you need to continue to take your life. We're also going to be including motivational notes and videos to help keep you laser focused on your goals. And look, if you just want the motivational content, you can enter your name and email and we'll send you that information anyways. And you can always update your future self uh, later on. So head on over to adamhergenrother.com forward slash future to enter your goals and be sure to send us an email or tag us on social when you start hitting your goals. Thanks so much for listening.